to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 206, Partners in Crime. My name is John, and joining me every time we put two sonic devices together to find out what happens is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hey, nice one. I like that. Thank you. Right off the top of my noggin. Very good. Very good. <laughs> better, than, better than last week where I forgot to edit out our first attempt at an intro. Oh, it's but. fine. As long as there was no <laughs> swears, I think we're okay. I think we're good. Perfect. That is perfectly fine. Sir, how are you? I'm I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well. Um, you know, uh, air quality is still a bit questionable. Not as bad as yeah. some places. Uh, but... Um, yeah, still inside more than I like. I'd like to just get out for a walk, and I'd like to go tinker on the bus. That's that's really what it comes down to. I want to yeah. go tinker on the bus, and I really have not been in a position to do that, and it's making me a little insane. I hear you, man. We I took Henson out. Was that Saturday? Saturday, I believe I was mostly by myself. Uh-huh. The, the weekend seems like a blur, and I don't know why. But anyway, I took Henson out for a walk in the... Uh, in the morning or night at night oh goodness yes and i came back and it felt like i had been in a las vegas casino for two out or for uh two days straight yes i saw i saw that tweet to that effect and i'm like dude i get it it was it was awful i felt sick when i got back yeah. inside but you know the only time we're going out is to take henson out mm-hmm. so um yeah it was rough man it was not it- not great <laughs> It is it is bad out there, and I I'll admit, um, you know, in terms of the air quality index, which is a thing. Yes. Um, I think the worst I've ever experienced here, where I live, has been maybe three hundred and thirteen. It's 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 a scale of basically zero to five hundred. Well, I've got a friend up in Vancouver, Washington, just across the river from Portland, Oregon, and um, yeah, they were six hundred and two. Jeez. Yesterday, they're literally off the chart in terms of horrible air quality. And that's just, that's insane. I wonder what the air quality would be. I would love to see what the air quality would be on other planets. Oh. <laughs> you know, I wonder if that like, we like, have like some sort of breathable index. Just so air is bad, but not quite as bad as if you were on the surface of Venus. Right? Well, I want to be like, you know, 602. What is that comparable to on other surfaces? That that would be very interesting. Did 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 you see the news today that that scientists have discovered a gas in um in Venus's atmosphere that can only either be created in a lab or by bacterial life? Oh no, I didn't see that. Yes. Interesting. Yes. It's it's not obviously conclusive proof. There could be some crazy thing happening on venus that's creating this stuff yeah but there is a and we don't know of any labs on venus um but we we there's at least reasonable evidence to suggest there may be at least like microbial life on venus yeah and wow that's pretty awesome that is pretty cool very cool wow yeah yeah i'm trying to think of what else happened this week that would have been to, been of interest, but I think we'll just move on to uh, what's making us happy this week because technically that falls in the same line, I believe. <laughs> in many cases, yes. Yes, yeah. it does. So what do you got, um, Taylor? Well, uh, you know, it's funny. I know I have mentioned um, the Unbelievers podcast yes. on this show before. Yes. Um, like I said, I highly recommend them if you're into like uh, – weird topics and cryptids and stuff, but not necessarily what every other show talks about. Like these guys will find some really unusual stuff, some really like out there groups and um, do a lot of research and cut a lot of sound clips and um, just have a really good discussion that kind of takes the piss out of everything. Right. Um, Well, every week they also have a poll 
that everybody can participate in. So somewhere over the course of the episode, somebody comes up with a question. They're like, all right, we're going to make that the poll question. And they always leave a space for others. And you have however many characters to concoct the craziest answer you can think of. Uh They read them on the show. Um, It's entertaining as hell. And, um, you know, somebody gets chosen to basically win poll results for that week. So what is making me happy this week is the unbelievable experience that I've had um, winning two weeks in a row. Oh, that's great. I, and it, it's, it's one of those things that when I listen, I literally keep a notepad near me because I will jot down stuff as it occurs to me. Because by the time the poll gets posted, I'm a day out of listening yeah. to it. And I'm like, I don't remember what was talked about. So I literally have to take notes and then I'll be <laughs> I'll just concoct something and hope for the best. And for some reason I have now managed to win two weeks in a row. So the pressure is on Oh man, this week when their next episode posts. There you go. But that, that made me pretty happy. I, I was shocked. That's honestly. awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's very cool. What about, what about you, man? Uh, let's see what, what made me happy this week. It actually, uh, it, it happened today. Oh, um, okay. the, uh, the Mets have been sold. <laughs> To uh, to a new owner, uh, it's pending the rest of the owner's agreement. Right, right. But um, if it goes through, which it looks like it will, uh, the Mets will have the richest owner in all of baseball. What? And he is a huge Mets fan. Like that's awesome. Die hard Mets fan. That that's the kind of person you want in charge. And it's like having Capaldi as doctor. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I'm pretty excited to have Steve Cohen on board. He is worth, let's find his worth, shall we? Just so we, <laughs> oh, God. Just so we so feel. sit here and cry and be like, I'll never have numbers that big. Well, I'll tell you right now, he bought them for, <laughs> he bought them for $2.475 billion. Lord help me. That's fine though, because according to Google, he'll still have twelve billion left over. Oh, a pittance! And this guy, from what I've read, I mean, uh, this is you know, I I feel like you know, like all billionaires do, they do some shady stuff. But um, he is one of those guys that's like, I want that thing, and I will spend enormous amounts of money for it. So. I'm oh, okay. I'm excited. I'll I'll show you some stuff that he spent money on. That it's just like, what is he? What uh? What is he? Uh, what is he doing? Oh boy. Um, he has a shark. I know that much. He he has a shark. Like he has a, like he has a shark in a in a tank. Uh, oh it, there's an entire article about his extravagant toys. And yes, Probably one of them is a, a shark. A, a, a base inside a volcano somewhere. I'm guessing. Maybe he also the other thing that he does is he like he he buys a lot of art and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see what he does with my favorite sports team. Uh, you know what? And if it's also his favorite sports team, I, I hope that it's only good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, that's what's making me happy this week. I know, right. I know it's it's a sports thing, but that's OK. I'll take it. You are a sports guy, and that yes. is one hundred percent all right. I will, I will take it. All right, we've got we've got some who news to get to before we talk yeah. about partners in crime. We got we a lot, do. and as we promised last week, we will have more than one story this week. And boy, oh boy, Dewey! Oh yeah, boy, oh boy, Dewey! Um, uh, for starters, um, as part of the whole Time Lord Victorious thing, we are getting come November. A, I believe, five-part animated Dalek series. Yeah, man. Um, which, yeah, okay, I'm on board with this because it's going to be on YouTube uh, for free over the course of five weeks. Yes, starting in December. Or, sorry, November. Time has no meaning anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And here is the official synopsis for the animated shorts. The Dalek Empire comes up against a terrible force. The Daleks' plundering of the archive of Islos unearths something ancient and deadly. Soon, Skaro is under attack and the Dalek Emperor is on the run. 
by run, we mean rolling very quickly. Yes. Can the Daleks defeat their adversaries and regain their planet, even with help from an old enemy? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <sighs> say no more. Oh, Guess oh, who that is? Wonder who that could be. It's River Song. How'd you know? Oh, wow. No, I'm totally joking. It's going to be the doctor. <laughs> uh, uh, will this be the end of the Daleks? No, of course not. Are you crazy? Interesting. So over yes. it'll, over five weeks? Five 10-minute episodes. Five 10-minute episodes. Yeah. So hmm. basically the equivalent of a single Doctor Who episode now, but it's still something new, and it's animated, and yeah. it's the Daleks. Yeah. And it's Nick Briggs doing the voice of the Daleks. Awesome. Um, we've also got um, voice acting from uh, Angeli Mahindra. Oh, okay. Who was who was in the last season of Doctor Who yeah. and, and a few other names. Um, so yeah, I mean, bring it. I'm yeah. ready. Maybe we'll. Um, this will be mini reviews we do. Oh, that could be fun. That could be interesting. Yeah, that could be fun. Just like a little segment for five weeks where it's like, hey, we watched this. Yeah, that'd this be cool. was neat. I you would know, be fine with that. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah, I like that idea. Well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of conventions and stuff are going virtual. Yes. Others are making other choices, and we will get to that. But first, New York Comic Con uh, is going virtual this year. And on October 8th, which if I'm not mistaken, is actually the date that Jody's first episode was. Oh. In season 11, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I could be, um, but um, there is going to be a uh, obviously virtual panel mm-hmm. for Doctor Who at New York City Comic Con um, with Jody Whitaker, Mandip Gill, and Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh actually just announced today, right, to be part of that. So there is certainly some some hope and some rumors that um, maybe we get a trailer. For the holiday episode, for that Revolution be, of Daleks, that would be interesting. Um, we'll see if maybe we get some details on um, season thirteen. Just in terms of you know, it's October now. We're finally getting into production. Yeah, um, because there has been some discussion, and so I'm going to jump a news story since these are connected here. Um, it looks like because of COVID and all that other stuff, um, which actually is just mostly COVID, um, season 13 obviously was supposed to have started production here in September. Yes. It hasn't started yet. Now, word on the street or in the various news articles that are being tossed around online, it sounds like um, filming will begin in October of this year. But because of all the safety regulations, it takes much longer to film an episode now. Yeah. Um, So what may well happen, and this admittedly is speculation, but it is speculation, as I understand, based on other shows that are shooting right now with these safety regulations in place. Um, So it's at least based on... Here's what's going on with this show. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to look like it'll be a miracle if we have a full set of 10 episodes for 2021. Yeah. Which is <laughs> heartbreaking. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it takes longer to shoot. It's more costly to shoot now. Um, maybe. I mean, this this is pure speculation. There's zero basis for what is about to come out of my mouth, but maybe they're taking this into account while they are working on these stories. And it's like, okay, well, look, we're stuck in this part of Wales. We can film in this area and sure we can make other places look like, you know, France or Spain or whatever. Um, Maybe we end up getting a, a season of Jody kind of earthbound like the third doctor for a season. Oh, you know, maybe, maybe to deal with the fact that, you know, we don't have as many opportunities. We can't just go off to Prague and shoot, or we can't go off to Tenerife and shoot. We can't do as much location shooting. So let's retool the season to take advantage of our surroundings 
and you know maybe it doesn't take as long to shoot everything i don't know hmm. like i said zero zero facts behind what just came out of my mouth but it is speculation that i've had that i've seen some other people have that you know okay how do we make this work in our benefit i think with that i mean who knows how we don't know what the end of the holiday special gives us correct so i don't i think in order for that to work uh no i don't think they would necessarily have to change the ending of that you could just do the lead into that. But I think the the, the bigger picture is um, we know, and I almost called it the um, the master plan, the heart the master plan. <laughs> uh, we, know, we know Chibnall has a five-year plan. Yep. So that would, if he could figure it out to where that is included, then I'm all for it. But I, I, I'm still interested to see where, where he's taking us. Mm-hmm. And if we have to sacrifice another year of no who for him to tell his story correctly, I almost would rather rather see that. Because I don't want, you know, like, remember when the writer's strike happened Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like, well, this is we had to do this because of the writer's strike. This is I mean, obviously, this is way different. Um, But I don't want it like, well, we had, you know, we couldn't tell the story I wanted to tell because of. Because of coronavirus, I would rather yeah. I'd rather maybe wait it wait it out. Yeah, I, and and you know, I mean, I definitely can see the advantage too. It's like, look, if you if you have a plan, if you have a path, if you have something that you you really want to tell, and you have a lot of faith in it, and if the BBC has faith in that, yeah, you know, um, then yeah, it's it's more worthwhile to not settle for less, right. I mean, unless it's literally like, look, you know, it's going to cost this much more. We need to pare it back or yeah. nothing's going to happen. Right. You know, not that I think they're going to do that. But I mean, if it, if it, if there is an extreme scenario where it's like, OK, um, I can still get from, you know, point B where we are to point C or point D. We're just going to take a slightly different path Then yeah. OK. Yeah, I mean, he's the showrunner. I mean, I'm sure he's run into stuff like that. Oh, I'm before sure yeah. on shows. And so, you know, obviously this a lot of this is speculation. And I I know a lot of people have decried Chibnall probably much the way they decried Moffat and they are now they celebrate him. But that aside, I'm still putting my faith in Chibnall. I know he's a fan. I know he has a plan. And yeah, I mean, we got plenty of classic who and big finish and stuff to get through. So we're good. Yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> if anything, we'll, we'll probably finish everything that has been, uh, that has been, you know, put in, <laughs> put in front of us that yeah, we can, we'll see that we'll have, you know, available. We'll finish all the big finish. There'll just be nothing. All, all the big finish. Yeah. We'll finish all of it. I'll be in my seventies by that point. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, Ah, anyway, anyway, a little bit of sad news uh, this week as uh, Dame Diana Rigg, made very famous by the TV show The Avengers, has been in so many things. You can't even begin to count them all, but was also in The Crimson Horror, has passed at the age of 82. Yes, fantastic in Crimson Horror. Yes, and and just an amazing actress all around. I mean, my dad watched the Avengers back in the day, so th- that was my early exposure to Diana Rigg. I mean, heck, she's in the Great Muppet Caper, yeah, which is a fantastic film. I Absolutely, mean, good lord, she's just been in so many things. Just a magnificent actress. The world is is just a quieter place with yeah. her in it, no longer. Yeah, Ugh, she will be missed. Yeah. Yes, most most definitely, but. Legacy lives on. And speaking of legacy, I happened to hop onto my computer. I think it was Saturday morning to do something. And on my browser, I have the Gallifrey One homepage set up as the first page that loads when I open my browser because I love seeing that countdown of just how close Gallifrey One is getting. And I saw something I'd never seen before. 
it was like, oh, hey, site's down for maintenance. We'll be back up as soon as possible. And I suddenly went, oh, news is coming. News is coming. And so I messaged our Galley Fam Twitter group and was like, guys, news is coming or it's just site maintenance. Yep. And the news that we all kind of had a feeling was coming, but kind of hoped it wasn't coming came. Yeah. I think that verb tense was correct. Makes um, sense. And so we are saddened, but not surprised to learn that Gallifrey one has been pushed to 2022. Yeah. And I think this was, uh, the right call. Absolutely. Uh, I think it was the only call they could have made. Uh, they did, it has been pushed. So basically, uh, everyone who had tickets, their tickets are just being pushed to 2022. Goodness. Yes. I know. Um, it is wild to think the last gathering we all went to was Galley from this year, which seems yeah. so long ago. It seems like it was two years ago. Yeah, but I uh, I applaud them. I think this was the only call because if it had yeah. happened, we certainly would not have gone. Um, I know that for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just um, good on them. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm obviously we're all disappointed, but I mean, well, yeah, yeah, and and I and I think that is true, kind of across the board, at least in what I have seen um, on social media, on their Facebook page, and everything. Is a lot of people are like, "Ah, oh, I'm really, really bummed," but yeah, I get it. This is the right call, and not only if you've already bought a ticket uh, before, whenever they announced it, September 9th or something like that. Um, or no, I guess uh, the 11th Friday because they announced it the 12th. If you have already bought a ticket, it automatically rolls over and that becomes your ticket for 2022. Now, if you've already managed to get a room at the LAX Marriott, mm. this is the amazing thing. They, they, they are rolling that over as well. Yeah, that is wild. And I think the most wild thing out of all of this, I mean, you know, Galley getting pushed another year is insane. I forgot the Super Bowl is going to be here. Mm -hmm. So um, I think they said hang, maybe hang tight on those. Did they say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, um, so what they are looking at, they don't have a firm date for 2022 because what they are waiting to find out um, is – I'm looking at it. Uh, so when the NFL officially confirms its dates for Super Bowl 56, sorry, I'm looking at it and doing Roman numerals in my head, <laughs> 56. Um, then the, the folks behind Galley One can figure out, okay, we'll either, we'll either keep it the uh, 18th through 20th of February, or it will actually be March 4th through 6th. That would be nuts. Twenty-two, uh, which would be which would be a little weird, but you know, it would just be a one-year aberration. Yeah, um, because of the Super Bowl, and and it's I mean, even if Galley One happened in twenty twenty-one, there would still be this issue for twenty twenty-two. Oh yeah, either way. So that's that's yeah. Either way, this would be a thing. It's just now we're talking about it because we don't have. A Gallifrey one for 2021. Yes. And not only that, not only have they worked so hard to just have the tickets roll over, have the rooms at the LAX Marriott roll over, but in 2022, you're going to get a commemorative pin for the year without a galley for 2021. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yes. Oh, yes. If you go down on their page there, we'll have all the stuff linked in the show notes. Um, uh, so it says, for the rest of you who purchased tickets prior to today's announcement and aren't requesting refunds, you'll be receiving a free gift when you pick up your badge in 2022, a commemorative 2021 Gallifrey One pin. This lapel pin, which will be designed in honor of the year without a galley, is our way of saying thanks for your early support of our yeah. 2021 plans, even as the pandemic unfolded across the world. That's that's great. Yep. Love Gallifrey yep. One. And I'm a sucker for <laughs> pins and patches, so I'm like, yes. And... Hilariously enough, Taylor, if you want to yes. keep this as your homepage, 535 days, 24 yep. minutes, and yep. 25 seconds and counting. <laughs> so, and, and for those of you wondering, that actually works out to uh, the 3rd of March. 
oh. being 535 days from now. So they, they just set it to the further out date. Right. I think just to play it safe. It's, it's, it's always nice when the clock rolls back. It's less when a clock rolls forward. Right. So You know what? Yeah. Somebody should organize Gallifrey 1 uh, 32. Or no, I'm sorry. Gallifrey 1 31B. Yes. Someone should organize uh, uh, that, and it should just be all of the, you know, slew of Doctor Who podcasts doing panels. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's I bad don't have the energy. <laughs> I don't either. As it, as it is in our Twitter group, we were like, hey, we should just get together on, on Zoom or whatever and, and watch some episodes and hang out. And then it became like, hey, everybody – I think Peter came up with it. And he's like, hey, everybody should go look at like an article on Dardis Wiki and give a five-minute talk. Oh, yes. I'm like, great. We'll have our own panel. Yes. <laughs> mini, so, mini Gallifrey one. Mini, yes, exactly right. Season, season, thir- Galley thirty one B. Galley thirty one B. The or or as I wanted to call it, the lobby con at the end of the world. Oh, that's great too. Because it kind of feels like the end of the world. Yes. Right now. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, and and I just I think the um. Oh, there is. I know there is a a empty empty LAX Marriott lobby picture that I can get a hold of that can just be a great zoom background. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can find that on their site real easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily. Um, so yeah, there's that um, for what it's worth though. As far as I understand, tickets are still available. They are. Yeah. For Gallifrey one. If you want to come join us and don't mind planning out 17 months in advance, which is crazy that they're still available, but I get it. Yeah, they went on sale what a right around when the pandemic started. Pretty yeah, because they they were like we're gonna do ticket sales early, and it was literally the February. Yeah, and then two weeks later, which means that literally on Wednesday it is the six month anniversary of like everything up here going on lockdown. Yeah, pretty much. Um, which will also mark not only my 44th birthday, but six months of working from home. <laughs> God help me. Yep. It's insane. Goodness. Um, but lastly, before we get into the episode, because thanks for sticking with us this far. Yeah. This week's Big Finish freebie is a War Doctor story, which it turns out I already have. Yeah, you know what? I have it too. Nice. Big Finish. You gave this us in, You gave this to us in April. I'm not. I guess I won't look a gift horse in the mouth. But also, you already gave us this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for what it's worth, if you missed it in April, you can get it now. There you go. Go check it out on the Big Finish site. Absolutely. All right. Are we? You're. Are you? Um. Are we talking about the clip or is that? Oh, that's right. No, you're absolutely right. See, I made no note of it in the show notes, <laughs> and I said something before we recorded. Yeah, I saw a tweet pop up the other day. That's like, oh, yeah, here's Ryan Gosling just randomly talking about Matt Smith and the Pandorica opens. And I'm like, wait, what? Ryan Gosling watches Doctor Who? And we have or watched Doctor Who. Yeah. But yes, it was a short little like 30 second clip. And if you missed it or you don't have Twitter, here it is. I saw this scene from Doctor Who where Matt Smith comes in and he's got a microphone and he's like giving all these alien spaceships hell. And. It was just—it seemed to me like as an actor, like a scene that would be really hard to do and really hard to be good in, because I'm pretty sure those spaceships weren't there at the time that he shot it. And it was just so—it was just so good, so intense. I mean, he's such a—he um, reminds me of like an actor from the '70s. Like he just has like his—he's his own thing. There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. I agree, baby goose. I agree. <laughs> Uh, and I believe uh, Ryan Gosling hired Matt Smith to be in one of his films. Oh, really? Yes. And I think nice. somebody has also talked to him about current Doctor Who on a, on oh. a I think. I feel like okay. I saw that floating around as well. Um, so Ryan Gosling, uh, fan of Doctor Who, let's get him in an episode, huh? Oh, that'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as to say let's get him as the doctor because uh, I think we're on a good we're on a nice little uh we're not yeah. on a nice little run here. Yeah. But you know, if it was 1995 
and we needed somebody to play the doctor on Fox again in an alternate timeline. <laughs> right. There you go. All right, let's get into <laughs> let's get into Partners in Crime, which is what we watched this week. It's starring David Tennant as the doctor. Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. Bernard Cribbins as Wilf. Um, yep, Wilf making me cry all over again. Uh, uh, Sarah uh, Lancashire as Miss Foster, written by Russell V. Davies and directed by James Strong. It first aired April 5th, 2008. Goodness, and it is the first story <laughs> of season four. And we got them sweet, sweet story notes brought to us by the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Yep. 2008 man do i feel old (laughs) (laughs) well this episode is dedicated to howard atfield who passed away shortly after filming scenes for this episode reprising the role of donna's father jeff Mm. as jeff was to have been a recurring character in the season the producers chose to remove his scenes and bring back bernard cribbins to play wilfred mott the character he played in voyage to the dam Now, the character was retconned to become Donna's grandfather and renamed Wilf. Although he was unnamed on screen, the character was called Stan. (laughs) Not Grunkle Stan. That's a whole different episode. A whole different episode. In the scripts for Voyage of the Damned, Atfield's scenes were preserved and included on the subsequent Series 4 DVD release. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask that. I would love to see those. Yeah. Um, Actually, Duh, wait a second. I have the DVDs. That's how I watched the episode. I didn't even think to go look at this. God. There you go. Oh, it's been that kind of a week. Yep. Oh, man. 2020. Go to hell. Uh, according to his memoir, The Writer's Tale, Russell T. Davies originally planned to introduce a new companion named Penny Carter in this episode, who he described as a 30 something recently jilted by a boyfriend and strong willed in the vein of Donna Noble. When Catherine Tate became interested in reprising her role as Donna, this idea was dropped. Although a minor character in the episode who ends up getting stuck to a chair, uh, the journalist, she was given the name Penny Carter. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Um, A certain shot uh, shows an army of adipose in the streets of London. Um, This was an extremely complex shot and took the series CGI team, The Mill, more time than most shots used for the series to complete. That's insane. I know. So the software they use is actually called Massive, and it was created by Weta Digital uh, down in New Zealand, who created all the CGI for the Lord of the Rings films. Oh, cool. Which, in my mind, all I'm seeing is Helm's Deep, um, <laughs> and instead of an army of orcs, it's an army of adipose. Yes, let's do it. To, you know, bring it. Somebody do that, please. Uh, so the window cleaner cradle scene was intended for use in the episode Smith and Jones, but was cut and used here instead. In the first draft, the initial confrontation between the doctor, Donna and Miss Foster was to have happened in the cradle, but budgetary and logistics problems meant the scene was moved to the sales cubicle area. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's something to be said for cubicles too. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't miss those right now. I'll be honest. No. Uh, and lastly, this was the last episode until the 50th anniversary special to not include a pre-credits sequence. Oh, that jumped out at me right away. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh? Anyway, before we get to where we're going, which is talking about this episode, <laughs> Taylor has a world-famous synopsis for us, so take it away. Thank you, thank you. And I will, I will preface this by saying that my, my kids are watching a, large, a lot of Forged in Fire on demand lately and we constantly see ads for different medicines and stuff and my kids reactions to these are always so interesting oh is um, that the sword show yes awesome they love it good stuff they love it but more importantly now you too can manage your weight loss with adipose adipose is a daily pill with a synthesized mobilizing lipase that breaks up the triglycerides stored in your fat cells the fat just gets up and walks away no, really, the fat literally walks away, often in the middle of the night, possibly setting off your home alarm. Adipose will revolutionize humanity. Do not take adipose if you're allergic to its ingredients or already thin or may become pregnant. If you experience extreme side effects like seeing cute little babies made of fat or having parts of you that are not fat converted into cute little fat babies, stop taking adipose right away and seek the advice of a doctor. Yes, absolutely. That's the end of the show. <laughs> All right, Taylor. 
first episode of season four. Oh. Donna Noble's back. What did we think of the episode? You know what? It's it's fun. I Donna is such a great companion. The comedic timing between her and Tennant is just so good. Like I yeah. know that there was a lot of like you know serious stuff that happens in this season, but but one thing that I always think of when I think of this season, when I think of Catherine Tate and David Tennant working together, is just their they're just comedic synergy. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and yeah, it just it's fun. I I I have not watch an episode from the season in far far too long and i don't have a good reason why yeah uh, i mean it's uh it's been man. quite a while since we've watched anything from this there's a lot of good stuff from the season that we have not yes. touched on and we will probably uh rectify that very soon we, we, we will definitely have to yes um but man it yeah it was good it was nice to get back to the season it's definitely it still feels like an early enough season that when I think of it, <clears throat> I think of it as like early modern who, right? If you look at it. It doesn't have that like really early modern who feel. No, 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 not at all. And I think, I think one of the parts of that is, uh, so we're, we're coming off of, of last season with Martha, mm-hmm. um, basically who, you know, pining after the doctor decides, She's not going to have those feelings reciprocated and leaves rightfully. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and we, I mean, if you really think about it, our last two companions before Donna Noble were both after the doctor mm-hmm. and it's a great change of pace to have Donna Noble come in and be like, you're too skinny. I gross. I don't want to mate with you, even though she yes. misunderstood him, obviously, <laughs> Um, and just the the actual companionship between the two, the friendship is is just so welcome in this season. It is it, it feels different straight away. Yeah, I agree. It, it does feel a lot more uh, comedic, but mm-hmm. I mean, some of the heaviest sheezy happens in this season. Yes. So I mean, either way fun season overall i thought this was the perfect episode to start off uh this this um companionship yeah i love this episode it's 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 great you know and it's funny because it it it's not an episode that kind of feels like a season premiere but it's a season premiere yeah you know it's it is but it's kind of almost like a very soft reboot of the donna noble Mm -hmm. arc Mm-hmm. Where I mean, we got the introduction of her, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that Don Noble. <laughs> yeah, that, that Don Noble. I don't know, and, and maybe we should revisit that because I haven't seen it in in such a long time. But I just have not fond memories of that Don Noble. But I, this Don Noble going forward from here is amazing. Just yeah, just great stuff. And I, I can't honestly remember if we've reviewed The Runaway Bride. We have not. Okay. I for sure know we have not. And now I'm doubting myself. But I'm pretty sure we have. <laughs> no, I'm I trust you. I'm very sure we have not reviewed Runaway Bride. Um, but who knows? We're 206 episodes in and everything is all wibbly wobbly. Uh, I, one note that I did have that I thought was pretty funny because I just put this note every time we watch one is, oh, man, this theme is also great. And then, yeah. look everyone it's a bit you know there's the basis of the doctor who theme and then there's variants of it i don't think i hate any of them no i think um i might retire the comment but i highly doubt it (laughs) it's but it's honestly it is a testament to the theme yes that it gives you those feelings every time oh and this one you know and they just took the original theme and then put variations on it just different mm-hmm. accents on it and it's great and they they're still doing it today and i love it and yeah yeah so absolutely my first question taylor we got to talk about how these pendants work because i am greatly because <laughs> i am greatly confused okay so okay. 
First of all, opening scene, fantastic. Basically, the first half of this episode is the Doctor and Donna just missing each other. Um, The prairie dog scene, as I call it, at the cubicles Mm -hmm. is absolutely fantastic. I really, really love that a lot. I I loved having that moment where I'm like, oh, there's our 10th Doctor in the office gif. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of uh, gif-worthy things going on in this from, from the... I believe I've seen a lot of them used outside of the fandom. Oh, I, I, I believe it. I mean, even, even in the fandom, I mean, how many, how many cosplays did just this episode oh my launch? Goodness. Any, any, anybody, you know, dressing as Donna and carrying an adipose doll. Yes. You know? So in the scene when they are both um, at adipose industries and they are trying to figure out what's going on, And I do love that this kind of also, just off the top of my head, kind of has similarities to um, to school reunion. Yes, where where but Donna, I think Donna was more so looking for strange things and hoping the doctor would show up. Right. Whereas Sarah Jane was just you know continuing the work Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. didn't really think about. So I did like that. I thought that was a fun kind of uh, you know maybe an unintentional callback. Yeah. And in the scene, we find out that when you order the pills, the weight loss pills, um, if you you act now and you'll get free shipping or something and you'll get this pendant. Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Donna takes the pendant from that's Penny, right? Uh, No, Penny was with Tenet. No. No. Yeah. Penny. Penny is the journalist. Yes. Who in the in the whole presentation meeting apparently this whole presentation is done on traditional film rather than being digital or powerpoint or something yes which i thought was weird but yes right so she's obviously investigating she thinks something is up yeah donna and the doctor are both in different people's cubicles pretending to be help from health and safety and like asking for like oh i need a full list of your customers which yes i don't think anybody would actually do that right donna takes the pendant from the cubicle worker yes she's interacting with so if i am if i'm to get this correct so donna goes to one of the she goes to one of the customers and she's talking to her just trying to figure out what's going on and Mm -hmm. while that customer's in the bathroom donna turns the pendant and it produces an adipose from this woman. Yeah, it it there is a point in the episode where Miss Foster, I think, explains how they work. But pendants. Yeah, but the thing that is confusing to me is after the alarm is set off and Miss Foster goes, Oh, we have like a pre time adipose. Yes. We have a middle of the day. We have we have a middle of the day adipose running around. Well, we just gotta wipe the whole person, and so she takes out her pendant and turns it, and then just completely melts this woman into cute little adipose. Yes, which is quite honestly a bit disturbing. Oh no, it is very disturbing that that happened to someone. Um, but how I don't understand. Is it a frequency thing? How did she... I, I don't know. It just seemed very just matter-of-factly, oh, it's that person. I'm going to turn this and turn them into... I just don't get how it works because Donna no. did it to, and it produced one. And then, I completely yeah. agree that it is not clear because, well, you know, if you just if you just turn yours, how are you focusing on this one particular one right um i don't know it just seems like a weird and it also seems like a weird thing to give to someone yep because like if they use it and they turn it like they're going to produce one from them i assume from themselves i don't know seems weird yeah (laughs) i'm sorry i have got the uh doctor who transcript site open and i am i am rapidly trying to find um i mean if what exactly it's supposed to do so but. if if anything we we use the these pendants at the end 
And if I get, I guess if that's the only reason why the pendants exist, then I guess I'm fine with it because we got the the scene of the doctor, you know, going into his usual, I can't save them panic. <laughs> and then Donna just being like, tell me what you need. And then he says what he needs. And then she slowly produces it and they have a laugh about it as, you yeah. know, people are melting around them. Uh, <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> But I guess, you know, I guess that's fine, but it just it seemed a little strange to me. There no, there's definitely a bit of hand wavium going on uh with respect to this. Um yeah, I don't I don't really have a way to just rationalize it completely. Right. Um but it you're right. What it ultimately serves is is the purpose at the end of being enough yeah. to signal boost uh, what the doctor's trying to do to shut all the uh, uh, pathogenesis yes. down. Yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of yada, yada and a bit of hand wavium. Yes, which is fine because, I mean, overall we got some cute adipose to look at, which yeah. is just like, it's so so strange because this episode, I guess, at its core is is really frightening. Just the uh, fact I, that, yes. that um, you know, little things are made of your not only your the fat on your body but in an emergency as miss foster says they can convert hair and bone yeah and eyeballs and god knows what else yeah so that's crazy but we get probably one i they're not villains obviously they don't know what's happening no um but we get the cutest i think of all of the doctor who creatures the adipose (laughs) I yes these little yes. CGI marshmallows. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I guess they are. The pating is also oh my goodness, what a funny, <laughs> what a funny little guy, <laughs> funny little man. But yes, and I and I I I think on some level, like when I first watched this, you know, I think I was more caught up in the oh those are cute oh Don is you know yeah you now and the, it's funny and and watching it watching it last night i'm like wow this is this is disturbing it's, like yeah i i think about like well i mean we'll get to the behind the couch scale but i have some feelings yeah i mean obviously very 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 disturbing but produced one of the the cutest little like i love that they just wave it they're like bye see you later and then just, yep. just leave I think that's nope. just really funny. Um, yeah, that that CG scene you were talking about when they're all just kind of walking in the street, and that guy uh, kind of murders like fifteen of <laughs> oh, them. God, it, yes, it and makes I, a I, sound I, too. It does, and I've got headphones on, and I it's just like screech, squish, squish, squish. And I'm like, oh my god, no. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see like them be like, we're okay, and just have like tire prints on them, and they're just walking away. I think I would have been okay with that, but uh, super adorable. Love the adipose. Yeah, fun to see them again. You got to admit, I mean, we are now twelve, almost twelve and a half years. Yeah, when this episode premiered, and boy, is that a uh, a one off character that has had some staying power. I mean it it has a it has a pop figure. Yeah, which I have pops and plushies, and yeah. Oh yeah, and probably one of the best cosplays at Gallifrey One I've ever seen—the mm-hmm. giant adipose. Yes. Oh God, yes. Love it. Now these are baby adipose. What does an adult one look like? Yeah, I asked the same question. It's and I don't know if they're just bigger. Do they change? Uh, yeah. They have still- they ever really um, adult ad adipose Doctor Who? This this might not be great for me. (laughs) This is rule thirty four of the internet. I know I'm I'm a little. uh, Only knows what you're gonna find. I mean, people have asked the questions. What does an adult adipose look like? There is a drawing. I don't know what this is from, but um, it looks like they just look like you know bigger adipose. Bigger, bigger baby adipose. Yeah, they just look bigger. Apparently, one's giving. What is this from? One is giving a news report. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yep. Eventually, adult adipose they they get clothes, suits, and and aprons, and whatever else. 
adipose, man. Great, absolutely crazy how how they have stood the test of time. They really have. People love them. Absolutely love them. All right. So, th- talking about things that we absolutely love, we need to talk about Donna Noble. Yes. Um. And uh, you put here, how underrated is Donna Noble? And I don't know if I I agree that she's un that she's underrated. Um, I, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Explain explain why you feel she. Do you think she's just underrated because? Uh, I guess I'll. I won't tiptoe around this. Uh, because everyone's so obsessed with Rose. I well, I mean, yeah, I think in some ways, but at the same time, and I and maybe underrated wasn't the right word to use when I wrote the note down. Maybe it's underappreciated. I think underappreciated is is uh, is better because I think we we mentioned earlier uh, the first two companions were very wanted to be romantically involved with the Doctor. And for, you know, uh, for the classic series, everyone's like, what is this? Mm-hmm. So I think if anything, Donna was a bit of a throwback to that. Hey, I just I'm traveling with you and that's it. Yeah. It was just yeah, a friendship. No, I, I think I think that's more what I was trying to say is that is that she's underappreciated. She, she, she's a great companion. <clears throat> and I don't feel like like she she gets that kind of uh more widespread respect i mean maybe we're just not seeing it it's very possible because i feel honestly out of um i mean out of nine and tens companions i think i like don i think it goes donna martha rose honestly Mm -hmm. if i'm really you know and i i love donna just because like i said it just feels like a friendship it feels like they're going on adventures together granted it, it goes real real bad in the end um and yeah i mean i i love donna i love and i'm i'm a little bummed she only got the one season because i think it would have been it would have been very interesting to see what she could you imagine if she had um if everything that had happened in the specials hadn't happened and she was somehow traveling with matt smith that (laughs) that would be interesting yeah that would have been i don't know if that would have if that would have worked but I think it would have been interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I love Donna. I, I thought, you know, this is a great, as I kind of said, soft reboot for her. I mean, the scene, there are so many great scenes in this. Yes. I mean, uh, the scene with like, and it kind of, you know, adds to where Donna is at in her life with the, the scene with her and her mom where oh, she's gosh. standing still okay. and the mom is going around her in the kitchen i thought that was that was awesome that was a great scene um and i mean also it just kind of tells you where the doctor is too where he starts to explain something in the tardis oh yes and then it kind of like he just kind of trails off and looks around and then they hang on that shot for a while and it just kind of gives the whole thing weight and then when they see each other for the first time oh my god that's that is the best scene it's great because it's just music. It's them mouthing what they are saying, and you you know everything that's going on. And we were talking about you know the comedic timing of this. They pull the music. Donna <laughs> notices they're being watched, and Miss Foster says, "Are we interrupting you?" Yes. Uh, such a great like we're talking about the comedy in this. I mean, that's great. There's a couple of other funny things, and I mean, we even get a Looney Tunes fall in this. Oh my God! Yes, that <laughs> is the, the most. That is so silly because that is, yeah, that's a complete wily coyote. Yes, you know, you don't realize you're going to fall until you look down, and oh, then gravity works. Yeah, but that's also, in my mind, that is a very Russell T. Davies thing. Yes. I feel like we we get a little bit of that um, what cartoon logic, uh, for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah. As I decide to drop my glasses, one sec. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I you know, just to circle back back to Donna, um, I just feel like her character feels really, really redefined in this, and I, mm-hmm. you know, you you know where she's coming from, and I mean, I guess this kind of segues into. Uh, the most supportive person in her life, which is her grandfather. Yeah. And po- quite possibly one of my favorite Doctor Who characters. Oh, my God. Wilf is just uh, 
the best. I like just anytime I see Wilf, I just immediately burst into tears. Yeah. Because I love him so much and his his love for his granddaughter is uh just so pure and awesome and that just their scenes together, you know, where where she's kind of explaining about well, she's not really explaining because he they they don't know the full story of what happened with you know the giant spiders um or spider and just the whole blue box thing like if you see ever see one let me you gotta call for me yes and i mean that's that to me like that ending scene is like i'll try not to get emotional talk about it. <laughs> yes, it, was, it. it was hard to get through yeah um it's just it's just great to see that she like even when everything had gotten her down, she still had that overly supportive person in her life that was just like so over the moon happy for her. Yeah. As she quite literally went over the moon in the TARDIS. <laughs> it was, it's just so great. And I love that he sees it and he just starts calling for her. Um, yes. and yeah, I love it. I mean, granted, you know, that's a pretty strong telescope, but I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. It's just such yeah. a great scene. And yeah, I love Wilf. I love Donna. They're great. Full, fully, fully acceptable hand waving in this case. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when like in one of the scenes where Donna is, is talking to Wilf about just, you know, her going about and like trying to investigate all this weird stuff. I'm like, I, I want to hear the adventures. Can we, can we get a big finished series of just Donna? On her own. Oh, my goodness. And cryptids and crop circles and stuff. I want to hear this. That would. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be fun. That'd be so fun. I would love that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, the. Oh, yeah. uh, By the way, Rose shows up at the end. Oh, I had forgotten about that. Um, That was the music. The tone of the music in that is is absolutely amazing. And then um, she. uh she slowly, slowly back to the future fades away. <laughs> um, after seeming like, uh, like she kind of had, like as she's walking away, it kind of feels like, ugh, I missed him. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, which is which is crazy. And I also forgot the other very hilarious scene in this is when <laughs> Wolf is looking. Uh, the other way while a giant spaceship is behind him. Oh, yes. And he's this, just listening to his headphones. This spaceship, I got to talk about the spaceship for a second. Because yeah. It is, it is, one, has this insane sound. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, I don't know if they just have, like, the base in the trunk and it's turned up so high that it's literally rattling the trunk. But it's kind of <laughs> that sound. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully handful full of people just went yeah i know that sound um <laughs> but the fact i mean it literally looks like one of the ships from close encounters of the third kind i don't know if you've ever seen that film yes it does um but we even get like angled shots of it like you're looking up the building and it is coming over the top of the building like it is coming over the top of um devil's monument in wyoming <laughs> And it's, I'm like, okay, you, you're purposely recreating this shot, and it works really well. Yeah. And it's an amazing-looking spaceship. Yes, they did a really, a really good job of that, of that spaceship. Yeah. Really love, enjoy it. Loved that part. Oh, well, uh, do we have any other notes or any, any, I, anything I, we'd I like to talk about? I feel like I did, and I just want to find it... Oh, yes. Um, uh, Two things, one short and then a question is, did you also get the feeling when Donna started unloading all her luggage that the doctor's like, oh, God, what did I just get myself into? I think, uh, yes, he did. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, he, you know, with the way, you know, he tenant does his I I, am emoting Mm -hmm. without saying anything. I think, you know, in that moment, he goes, oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> a little bit. But also, he sa- she says, you invited me to come. Do you, ju- I, do you, not, you just want to be by yourself? And he's like, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. 
but also i i don't i just want a friend right which she missed which is also another funny scene it was very funny yeah yeah that was a good scene uh so but here's so here's my here's my question and then we can move on do do you think the sonic got relied on a little too much in this story um um yes and i think i think if they had just untied the reporter i would have said no i think it was a fine amount Mm -hmm. but the you know i think that that was that that was the line right and i think also maybe they didn't like you know i'll just say yeah i think it was overused and i think when you introduced another sonic then you kind of had to overuse it uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. I, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got another Sonic introduced. You've got the Sonic Pen, um, which oddly enough has exactly the same sound. Yes, um, as, as Ten Sonic, which makes you wonder a couple things. But well, and the other thing, uh, so, not to cut you off, but he th- he throws it in the garbage, and they show him throw it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. The Sonic Pen never comes back, right? No, not to my knowledge. Would be very interesting if 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 there was a side story with that that I did not know about. Oh, that'd be funny. Where someone finds it in the garbage and's like, "What is this thing?" Because <laughs> by uh, all accounts, it still awesome. works. I believe. I think so. Yeah, so that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Nice observation. I think I'm good. All righty, all righty then. What? What <laughs> is? What is happening? All right. It's not talk like a pirate day until the 19th, John. Oh, my bad. Here we go. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's Um, Another comedic bit we didn't talk about, and this would probably be my the only thing I would include on the Duggan scale, yeah. is when the doctor opens the uh emergency exit and it just explodes and sparks and he has no reaction to it yes and and does that twice it does it twice yes um i think that's literally the only only big destruction unless you count you know the destruction of an entire woman turning into adipose yeah there's i i don't think there's really much in this episode that we could traditionally put on the duggan scale I mean, there's, that guy does, he does smash some adipose with his car. Yeah, and they're, they're baby fat babies. Yeah, and it makes a squishy so sound. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a one and a half, honestly. I, you know what? I'll, I will second that because I, yeah, with really nothing to go off of, I'm not sure what I'd give it. Yeah. All right. I think that's, I think that's fair. Moving along. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the scale. <laughs> All right, we've talked about the. I, would you consider this body horror? Um, it kind of is right. A little bit, yeah. I mean, especially you know, um, with that first gal, what's her name, Stacy, and you know, you you get quite a bit of like, ah, my my innards are doing all sorts of weird stuff, and yeah. then when. Like uh, uh, Donna's mom is out with her friend, and like everybody, like half the people in that bar, are yes, like, we're all getting gassy at the same time. It's not a Slithine, not a Slithine uh, uh, <laughs> invasion, right? Uh, what the heck's going on? And that—that's, I mean, that scene is a little terrifying. Imagine being oh, yeah. in a restaurant and like half the patrons start writhing around on the ground and like. Little fat babies come out of it. Right, that is kind of terrifying. Yeah, but the fat babies Uh, seem, you know, they seem happy and jolly, so. Well, 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 that's good. (laughs) Tell that to to the remnants of Stacy. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, that, this is definitely a comedic episode. It has got some great moments. It has got some excellent dialogue and some great banter, but it is very darkly comic. Uh, especially with the adipose completely converting some people and 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 other people, you know, being on the verge of death. Yes, for for quite a few minutes in some of these scenes. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be honest. Like like I can handle that. I can recognize it and I can kind of process it and not be like, ah, I'm really freaked out now. I don't want to go to bed. I I don't 
really necessarily want my kids to watch this and suddenly think of the fat on their bodies. Yes. This way. Could be nightmare inducing. It well, yeah. I mean, if like let's say let's say let's say that that Stacy's you know conversion into complete adipose um, happened a bit more off camera than it did. Yes, it might not be so bad. But we literally see her tumble into a pile of clothes and adipose. Yeah, yeah. Very and true. That's 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 a little jarring. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, not listeners. Sure. And take that into consideration before you let your kids watch this. There you go. Well, I mean, this was great. Love this episode. Can't believe it eluded us for so long. It's nice to get back to season four after nearly 200 episodes. Yes. And um, what are we doing next week, Taylor? Well, I was kind of ready to get back to a little bit of classic who and seeing how on the heels of our Gallifrey one news um, and the connection is very tenuous because honestly there's there's an amazing cosplayer who cosplays one of the characters from the mask of mandragora mandragora uh, mandragora which growing up i always called it mandragora yeah that's what it looks like what, right and i literally had, i'm like i know i'm going to mess this up and so i went and i found a clip from the episode where they actually say it and it's mandragora mandragora mandragora, mandragora. Mandragora. You got a week to practice it. I do. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's let's do this. Let's go back. Let's get a little bit of Baker. Let's get some. Let's get some Liz Sladen. Uh, this one in particular was written by Lewis Marsh, directed by Rodney Bennett, and uh, yeah, we got some robes. We got some masks. We got 15th century Europe. Let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. Yep. Let's dive back into some classic Who. That sounds all right. Awesome. So until then, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice. And you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. And also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash The N-O-T-L-G. Now you can head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com or patreon.com slash notlg if you want to buy a shirt go to spreadshirt if you would just like to donate to us monetarily patreon is where it's at but message remains the same because we're not going to get out of this anytime soon Uh, i guess the first message is wear your masks and stand six feet apart from people and be safe and wash your hands yeah and second message is make sure you vote yes that's the second message make sure you vote please um, and the third message is if any of your friends are uh, independent contractors or, you know, they're just they have their own business, retweet them, support them any way you can. Any local businesses that you like. And it doesn't have to be like a clothing business. It can be a, a business for food that you consume. Yes. <laughs> tweet them out. Buy stuff from them. Support them because we don't want the cool little shops to go away. And I think that is it for us. So join us again next week for episode 207, The Mask of Men Dragora. Nice. <laughs> we'll see you guys then. See ya. All right. Next week, I I was... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know what happened. I lost you in the board. Hold on.